Okay, welcome back to another show. I am Miss Lala, and this is Two Girls on the Mic. Yeah, I'm Miss She Talks. Woo, crowd as well. Woo, this one's so exciting. What's wrong with you? Nothing. First of all, you need to bring it down, because Go today, on. you've got no rights to do anything other Go than on. Just, just do the show. Get it all out. Because right now, it is, what time? 10 to 7. I don't yeah? know. 10, 10 to 7. 10 to 8. I, mean, I just want the record to show that, you know, we've done previous shows where Let's certain people states. have to get on a platform and start talking about how I'm never late. I'm always on time. I've got a producer over here who that sleeps. Is of course. I've got a co-star over here who sleeps. And I've got me over here who's like ringing everyone saying, where is everybody? No, what's, just because you've what's been going out on? There in the gym. What's going on? Iron, ready, like, and I ready. should be the most tired one because I'm the most physically active. We, yeah, have this thing that means when we nap, <laughs> It goes a bit longer. Why are you napping? <laughs> Sleep when you're dead. I'm not napping. I'll, where, where can I right. nap? What about me and my life? Each to their I'd own. like to nap every now and then. Anyhow. But I can't. Yeah? That's right. So what are we talking about this week, La? First of all, write down what time you're going to get up next week. Yeah? Seven. Today, we're going to talk about some great things. This weekend, was it this weekend? No, it was the other day. It was the other day. Very recently. I'm sure you guys will. It was will. yesterday. We didn't go. What? No, it was no. the day before yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right, the world. I feel like the world actually went to go and see um, this movie as it went on to general release. Yes. We got our tickets. We headed yes. down to the BFI. Yes. Yeah, and we saw what could only be described as a spectacular spectacular event the black panther movie amazing absolutely cue just... music ace right yeah but la you're correct it was like to me that was i know we've only just gotten into 2018 but already it's like my film of the year mm. It has been my like outing so far of the year because I was just so hyped afterwards, so excited. I'm just like, if this is what Marvel films are about, maybe I need to go and check is this out your the first back, back Marvel catalog. movie. Movie, really? Yeah, I think it no, is. I need to watch. They are really good. But what other ones have they? I know they got Captain Loads, America. Like, I haven't watched that. All of the Marvel, literally all of the Marvel um, characters, they've done like a movie on like. It's X Men and I don't. I haven't watched, I haven't watched the X Men Avengers. I've watched Spider Man, Thor. But you see the Spider Man. Is it like the normal ones with um, <laughs> that guy? Which guy? Um, what's They've his had name? about three people. Toby Maguire. No, he's old. I know, now. but like was 40. that was that a Marvel film? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so they've moved on from there. Yeah, somewhere there's somebody listening to this right now, proper cracking up at the oh, fact right. that you just. Said that. <laughs> oh, so is Superman Marvel? No, he's DC. You just getting technical. <laughs> <laughs> so is Batman any of them? Is Batman? That's DC as well. I mean, because I can't confuse Batman. the two. I'm telling you, there's <laughs> geeks listening to this right now. They're tearing their hair out, like saying, "Okay, How what about the green you? guy, the Incredible Hulk? What is he? He's Marvel." I mean, <laughs> Look, I if mean. you watch the easiest way to do, if you watch um, the Avengers, it's like they most of them are all in that one movie. The Avengers, yeah. So you've got Iron Man, you've got Thor, you've got um, Hulk, you've got Black who was Black Panther. He's in. He it was well. in it. Yeah, he was introduced to it. Was Chadwick? Yeah. Pre okay, so. <laughs> 
You see the backstory, like when his father obviously died in that explosion. They that's that's how it started. Was that in actually part of a film? (laughs) Good God! (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) I wish my nephew was here now. He'd be giving you some serious side eye. That's amazing. "Uh, How could you not know that? Everyone yeah, knows no, that. No, no, no. I need to. I need to. So, are those films? Because the thing is, they're all linked because they, that's why they call it the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is that the Black Panther for me set quite a high bar. Yeah. So, if I now start going into the back catalogue, mm. am I going to be like, no? They're all amazing. Like, there's not. They're not crap films. They're all greatly produced, greatly well made films. Like, really, the, the um, CGI, like everything about it is. They've done it like that deliberately. So every time they bring out a new one, mm-hmm. it's like they just go bigger and better. But you right, kind right, of, right. if you want to know the backstories of the characters, like you didn't know that, um, what's his name's dad? Mm-hmm. T'Challa. Uh, T'Challa died mm-hmm. in... He wasn't um, in Being Mary Jane. We'll no. come to that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> died in, um, in the, sorry, the, in the, the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Age of, is it Age of Ultron? Yeah, so he died... Oh, he died in Civil War. Yeah, sorry. Avengers Civil War. He died in so that one. So there was a film called so the, Avengers Civil War. Yeah, so that's the backstory to what created what we now know to be Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah. So that's why they have these individual stories. So each kind of... I would say each character has their own movie that's about them. Right. But every now and... You watched it right to the end. end, end. Yes, yes, we, we did, did, Ace. We're not that late. Yeah, yeah, with the man with the one arm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so he's going to come and have his movie next, is he, or something? Well, he was in the movie previously. previously. His name's Avengers Bucky. Civil War. Yeah, he, his, <laughs> his, 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 see, this is so long. So the character, that I mean, guy, his name is Bucky. So basically, he's a friend so of Captain America. So ca- whose, whose shield <laughs> is made from the stuff in Wakanda. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So okay. <laughs> like so so that there's a backstory even to that. So if yeah. you go back, you'd be like, oh, I understand why he appeared in the end of Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, yeah. So you get it. They that's they link them that way deliberately. <gasps> this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, I'm telling you because Black Panther for me was excellent. Yeah. It was. Amazeable. They're all, it was really, honestly, they're really all good. really good movies. Like you'll enjoy them, and then now that you understand how it kind of works, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I get mm. it. Um, but can I say to anyone listening, even without, because I haven't seen any of them, as you can probably like yeah. decipher. But <laughs> seriously, even as a standalone, mm. without any links, without yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's enough in the movie that so I was able to get it. Mm. I was able to get it as a standalone. So anyone that hasn't. Um, seen it or doesn't know about Marvel and DC and all that sort of stuff, t- still go and see it because it, you can watch it as a standalone movie and it's still, to me, mm. it was just like, it was, it was amazing. Off, yeah, it was kind of <coughs> off the chart. Yeah. It really, really was. What was your, okay, because we're not going to give any spoilers yeah. because we realise that some people haven't been to see I it because, about that word. you know, <laughs> some people were lucky enough to go to premieres. <laughs> some people weren't <clears throat> so and we know we're going to give you guys time to catch up and then we'll really get into the meat and bones of it maybe in another episode no, no we can't talk about it it's too not? early people haven't seen they, it yet they can press play after they've seen no, it no 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 that's long we can't talk about it 
just now. So we, we need gonna... to stop talking about it now then. No, no, no. Because I'm going to say, what were the things that you, what were the things in the film? Like, we don't have to talk about plot line, but what were the things in the film that were impressive to you? Because I can say what impressive <laughs> um, to me. Okay, what line. I liked about it is that they made it current in regards to what is going on today Mm -hmm. so for instance they could have easily taken the whole storyline the backstory of Wakanda Mm -hmm. and just based it off of an old comic book story that they'd already did before Mm -hmm. but they kind of included a lot of things in regards to like politics Mm -hmm. and race Mm -hmm. and how Africa is seen to the rest of the world versus yeah. how Africa actually is. Yeah. So I liked how they incorporated, yeah, incorporated all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they could have easily just been like, oh yeah, you know, Wakanda's this this little made up, which it is a made up place. Yeah. But there, there's a lot of, oh, I don't know. There's a I lot think of- I agree with you. I think like uh, before I had seen it, um, a friend of mine, shout out Chucky Venn, he um, said on Instagram that I would love it because it's uniquely, he said, and bri- um, and beautifully African, makes like mm. references to Africa. And I really felt that. I really felt like the Wakanda that they um, envisaged um, and the Wakanda that they showed as, even though it is, as you said, mm. like a fictional um, place in Africa, it's, to me, it really touched me because it immediately struck me as... S- as what Africa could be, mm. as what you can envisage Africa to be if it hadn't been touched by colonial, colonial yeah, colonial mm. rule. Um, because a lot Don't of people skin. seem to think that, um, I guess, that um, being colonized and being taken over, you know, shunted Africa forward and brought them forward. And then, and then since all those countries gained their independence, you know, look where, where are they now? Mm. You know, they haven't advanced. <coughs> so they, they basically, they needed white rule. They needed foreign rule. When mm. I think that's, that's BS because what obviously for me, if, if you don't understand what colonial colonialism did was to strip the country of it, of its best, mm, mm. of its, of its, of its, you know, of its physical best, of its, um, you know, mineral best, of its material best, everything like that. So I feel like Wakanda really stood out as something, something like real. Like a promising something, future. Yeah, something that tangible. Could very definitely be if everybody just gets it together. Yeah. And, and then also like the fact that they kind of touched on the fact that, you know, there's a lot of, um, obviously there's a lot of stolen Africans and they've been spread all across the world and everything. Yeah. And I think Wakanda's, or the, the, rule, the previous rulers of Wakanda were very much, we need to stay here. Mm. Let's not, you know, do what other African countries have done mm. in regards to exposing ourselves to the world. And then obviously, you know, having whatever it is that we have, which is the, what, what do they call the precious metal? Is, is it, it vibra- vi- vibranium? vibranium? Is that what it's called, Ace? Yeah, vibranium. vibranium, yeah, let's keep that to ourselves, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I think obviously the message in the story is that we need to help, we need to help where we can, especially yeah. those who came from here originally yeah. and are feeling lost because there's a lot of that lost was, that, people. That, that was a deep message. Yeah, it was a really deep message and I think 
if you weren't really clued up, you could have easily have have, have missed missed that. Yeah, I think because they did kind of focus on the fact that you know we need to help the entire world. But for me, I kind of took it like actually no, we need to help the ones that kind of were taken from us, and mm. now we've got a, a whole bunch of lost people out there that don't know where they come from. Yeah, I mean in the film. Um, Michael B. Jordan or Michael Bay Jordan, as I'm mm. now going to call him, shout out Kalichko for that one, um, <laughs> had a had a line. He's, mm. He said he spoke a particular line um, about you know people being stolen from their land and yeah. stuff like that and, and carried away in ships and stuff like that. So I won't go too much into it, but you're definitely right. One thing that I loved about it were the things that it touched upon, the messages that it touched upon, the idea and the understanding woven into the storyline, not in a really kind of obvious um, kind of political statement kind mm. of way, but yeah, kind of obvious yeah, yeah. because it's reality <laughs> mm. and it's, it wasn't trying to like shy away from some of those stuff, mm. some of that stuff. And I felt that that was really kind of, that really laid... Uh, I don't know, a kind of like a mature bed for the film. Because yeah. it's a co it's a comic book film. When you think about that as a concept, you're thinking kind of, mm. you know, airy-fairy, yeah. wishy-washy, made up, mm. fictional, totally out of this world. But actually, it, it, that the ideas that run through the film, I think gave it a really mature bed. Mm. And I think that's why it's a film that will um, appeal to like children and adults alike. Yeah. I think um, Disney, because Disney are behind the film, I think they really did their research with this one in mm. terms of the fact that they have, they've been heavily criticised for kind of doing previous films and even some of their animation and not representing people of colour in the way that, you know, that we... Positively. That, yeah, positively yeah. that we should be represented. I know that they came under fire for um, Doctor Strange, right? which is um, a movie basically about a doctor who has these magical powers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the thing behind that is that the main character, I think he's supposed to be... One of the, one of the main characters in there is supposed to be Asian. Mm -hmm. And they put um, a white actress... I think it's Tilda Swinton, I think her name right. was, okay. put her in there. So people were like s s complaining about that, saying, why don't you just get an Asian actress of to play there are plenty. an Asian character? Yeah. I think as well, they came under fire for um, the, oh, what is the, oh, I've forgotten the other one. Not the Princess and the Pea. It was another, it was a cartoon set in New Orleans. And I think... Princess and the Frog. They right, had a okay. lot of things in there that were like kind of racially insensitive as well. So right. they've had their their criticisms about their previous projects that haven't been completely racially yeah. sensitive. So with this one, I felt like they really took their time with it and was like, "Yo, I we think they need did because I did a little yeah. bit of um like reading about. Well, okay, let me full confession. <laughs> I just kind of googled who was the character who played Mbaku because <laughs> he was. <laughs> I mean, he was. We were like, <laughs> Shazza and I were sitting in the, in the cinema, like, oh. like we're so focused on Ma Michael Bay, Bay um, Michael Bay and, Jordan, um, Michael Bay. I can't even call him Johnson. Michael Bay Jordan and um, Chadwick, and then we were like sitting back and like. It was later on when they went back to here. Yeah, we that were all like, of a sudden we were like, yo. Oh, oh, the way you're sitting in that throne there, looking very regal and very royal. So basically, I went in your to... your Right? So I went to read up to find out about, mm. you know, who that actor was. Because anyhow, so uh, in finding that out, 
I then kind of read back about his character and Baku's like yeah. backstory. And they have, I think, I think you're right that they have sought to make it uh, sort to, to, to clean it up a bit because mm. I think his character originally, originally was like ape man or something. Mm. Now, it's like, no, we ain't gonna play <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> this is 2018. Okay, you ain't gonna come out here talking about H&M no H&M had to get that works. If you want, if you want some of this right. Disney, I suggest you fix that. Right. Yeah. So I, I, so, and I think that that was, that was a, a sensible and worthwhile step in taking and not having that label mm. still in there in the film. So I kind of get what you mean. And, and I think they clearly have done their research. One of the things that I personally loved about the film as well was the fact of the feet, the black female characters. Oh my God. And I want to be one of those women when I grow up. Right. You're talking about the warriors, right? Yeah. I'm just talking about across the board. Yeah, across the board they were bad, but then the warriors, they just I was like, oh my God. The warriors were amazing. I will shave my head today. Right? <laughs> that should be a thing, because I'll get those clippers out. Yeah. They looked great. Fantastic. So the but all of the characters, like the what the the women, the warrior tribe of women. Um, Angela Bassett and her mm. role as T'Challa's mom, um, Letitia Wright and her yeah. role as T'Challa's younger sister, mm. um, Lupita Nyong'o and like her role as the spy and like the, I'm going to say love interest, but mm. I don't want to say love interest because, and this is the point that I'm making. Usually when you think about love interest, it's like a second fiddle, yeah. a side Someone show. who needs saving. All Someone the time. who needs yeah. saving. And there just wasn't that mm. in any of the characters. They were strong they were mm. full. They were people in their own right. They weren't there to set up gigs for mm. the male characters. Their characters had their own stuff going on. And for me, and I was saying this to my brother today, because yeah. I, you know, as soon as it finished, I, I've been imploring my brother, you need to see this. Yeah. Like, you need to see it so we can sit down and break it down. Like, seriously. So, um, but I was, say, I was speaking to him again about it today and I was like, one of the things that really touched me, as big as I am yeah. and as old as I am, I was still tripped out by that to see mm. beautiful black women in a strong role and they're not playing the B to anyone's A. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? They're not playing the sidekick or the side chick to anyone's main role. They're not there to set up um, a role for somebody else. They're just that role in mm. their own right. And for me, that was just another added Levels. layer of of greatness for mm. the film. So I really, really liked it. And I was saying that if I had a young son or a young daughter, it's definitely the kind of film yeah. that I'd want them to watch. I'm also going to say Daniel Kaluuya, your character. Mate. If they make any, <laughs> any um, you know, those dolls that they do, those action figures, I feel like, your one, <laughs> not you, Daniel, but your character. I think it should be made small. That's <laughs> all I'm gonna say because of what he did. Oh right, 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 small, right, right, yeah? right, right, right. But you know what? I, f- I, f- I feel like that was an excellent. But it was really good. Yeah, yeah, that was an excellent piece of writing, and that was a good. That was mm. quite a good story arc there mm-hmm. because when you think back on it now, mm. you could kind of see that was in his character because yeah. he's. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to say because I don't want to give much, anything away. It should be small, right? But I did like the concession. <laughs> I did like the concession. I did like when he could. I did like the concession. Yes. So I will say that. But Second, yeah. So yeah. talking about um, 
black women mm. and their role in the media. Oh, Lord. We okay. Were something else today. So, off of the back of this Black Panther movie, there's been a lot of hype, as with every major movie yeah. that, you know, that you know is going to be a smash. But with this one, obviously, there's a little special edge to it. So, mainstream media, of course, they know that this is happening. They've yeah. jumped on it. They've decided, okay, we need to talk about things that, you know, affect black people. And I'm watching all of these shows like This Morning and um, Good Morning Britain and all these, you know, like Loose Women or whatever the show, whatever the case may be. And they're, they've been doing several segments that focus on things like colorism, mm. focus on things like diversity mm. and things in regards to how black people are portrayed in the media, particularly on TV and in movies. And I have to say, some of the things, I'm just like, are you doing this because you think this is going to open the debate to make it, you know, kind of solve certain issues? Or are you doing this because... Oh yes, yeah, a hot button topic. Let's talk about it because it's the, the the reality is is that you've got two black people who you invite onto the show, yeah. and they'll have their differences of opinion, and they're having it in front of two white people who know no who know yeah. no no different. You're no, talking, don't know anything about it. Specifically about a, a specific yeah. segment. That oh, there's loads. So the this one particular segment really got my go, and I'm going to go into it later in Shady Corner. But what we'll say is that the segment was about diversity and um seeing ourselves on tv yeah. so i don't know if you remember a young lady by the name of joanne joanne Giroux mm -hmm. from, this year's, from, from this year's apprentice young lady who i think she did really well i think she got quite far mm -hmm. in the show and then you know even with her being on that show as well there was a lot of backlash with her being on there and the way that she was portrayed and seen trying to be shown they try. They did actually show her as you know the the, the angry black woman, which obviously she fought against, and people were really. Fighting her. I think it was more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, aggressive. Which yeah, it might be a distinction without difference. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because historically on that show, most women who are on that show are they're all pretty much aggressive. They have yeah. to be because of the you know the environment that they're in. Yeah, take somebody like Katie Hopkins, who mm -hmm. is just an awful human being and extremely aggressive. However, she didn't get the backlash of being the aggressive white woman in the same way that Joanne got the aggressive black woman label. But anyway, I'm digressing. Yeah. No, no, no. So, I think you're absolutely yeah, right. So um, back to, to the, this particular segment she was invited on to do on um, Good Morning Britain. And she had to sit there and debate with um, Edward Adar, I believe his name is. I think he's a radio presenter. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen him a few times on a couple of um, shows. I haven't. Um, and I was, just, I was just totally amazed at how he was just really arguing against everything that she had to say. Yeah. And kudos to her for kind of standing there and standing her ground. Yeah, I don't even saying, think it was so much as him arguing. I think it was like over talking. He was over talking her, her like interrupting to, yeah. her, patronizing her, coming across quite condescending. It was just like going back and forth. That would have been fine. But the mm. the clip that I saw. She was explaining why she felt that the film was um, important and it sent out like important messages and was quite a good positive thing to her. And he just, it wasn't, I didn't even feel like he really specifically wanted to argue that point. It just mm. felt like he just wanted to talk down, down on her. her. And that's what it was. I actually should have saved this for Shady Corner, but I'm just going to go in now because it's on my brain. I feel like I'm going to forget later on. So basically Edward just kind of with his overpowering self, 
I'm sure he's probably way taller than this girl. This girl looks like she's about five foot two, mm, five foot three. And he was just talking over her, talking at her, wasn't allowing her to speak. And there was this one particular moment where, you know, he said to her, oh, you know, do you, do you, did you did you like superheroes when you were young? She was like, actually, when I was younger, superheroes wasn't my thing. As a young girl, I was more into Disney Disney princesses, princesses. Mm. But even with that, there wasn't a print Disney princess out there that looked like me. So, mm. you know, I'm sitting there, you know, as a young child, not seeing reflections of myself. Mm. So, of course, that's going to have a knock-on effect to how a young girl growing up, particularly a young black girl, is seeing herself. And, the ma- and that just went totally over his head. Yeah, but, you know, we shouldn't be checking in boxes just to make sure mm. Jezza, let me tell you the way I, I I felt I was like I can't believe that I'm watching a, a whole entire grown black man on national TV talk to this black woman who's sitting there explaining her experience this is her experience yeah. and you're telling a you're more or less telling her experience. no and you're trying to dismiss her yeah. because you want to appeal to the the majority of the white people that are sitting in the studio and in the audience yeah man explaining like, on a thousand as well pretty much and yeah. like to the point where at one point he was like oh you know do you not know do you know what fiction is I said, oh, what? It, so condescending. It very, and she actually was taken aback by that question and, and she looked at him like, puzzled, like, what do you mean, do I know mm. what? Am I not sitting on this sofa the same way you are? Did they not invite me here mm. the same way you did? That was the look that she gave him. Mm. And it was just, the entire show was was just like that. The thing is, I always find that they, 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 they they do seem to they do seem to find these these <laughs> these characters and it's weird because we just <laughs> said we've barely heard of him but yeah. yet they dug him out of dug nowhere to come out, out and sit on the the couch and, and make a complete and utter ass of himself yeah. on national television and this is the thing I I I it's 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 it is shocking to me that he was displaying the view, the viewpoint that you talk of, oh, we shouldn't tick boxes and oh, it doesn't matter. Representation in films doesn't matter. It's fiction, mm. blah, blah, blah. Because I, that's the point that I was making, you know, as, mm. as big as I am and as, you know, as as old as I am, it, it does matter, you mm. know. You get excited, you're you like, oh my God. You get excited, you get more than excited. You come away and you feel empowered mm. and I say that as somebody who doesn't see myself as disempowered. Mm-mm-mm. You understand what yeah. I mean? So for me to come away and feel empowered, enlightened, like gassed, to mm. put it in any other way, then that that means something. Because I, I take that to be, if I feel like that, and I'm able to um, filter out and withstand some of the negative messages that we constantly receive on a daily basis then what about those people who maybe are not able yeah. to, to, to filter them out, who are constantly faced with a barrage of them, whose personalities may not be as formed and as robust, i.e. young people. Mm. Imagine what they can then take away from this blast of positive representation, energy, figure, mm. everything. Like, it must be immense. How he fails to see that, I don't know. And that's why I always feel suspicious about... Where the, they invite certain people on right? the show. I like, do, yeah. I feel suspicious. They always get, it has to be a person of colour. I don't think they would ever, ever invite somebody who was white to sit there and argue against um, 
Joanne because mm, I think it would mm. be the optics wouldn't be yeah right, it would just be much. yeah yeah they yeah. just thought oh let's just get one of their own to just sit there so they yeah. can just hash it out yeah and we can get Philip and Fern or whoever the case may be to just referee. to sit there and just like be like mm, 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 mm. like they're learning yeah anything. which is why to me just the whole thing it just seems a bit sinister yeah and I'm like I would prefer it if we just had these conversations amongst ourselves because mm. white people I don't think they understand and I don't think they care to either it doesn't really affect them no, to be don't. fair I've read enough comments now on you know a number of platforms where articles have been written both here and abroad mm. about you know the coming of the Black Panther film and you know the, the, the expected effect that it will have on certain um, mem- certain members of certain parts of communities and stuff like that and you, you do and overwhelmingly I have to say it has been white men mm. and you can tell by their commentary that they fit into that description of, of it being white men mm. who are dismissive to you know the highest degree mm. of uh well it's it's just a feel you know people saying things like oh it's put me off watching it now all this well, all so this racial then. chat but how but how mm. how does it put you off watching it mm. all this racial chat because the film remains the film remember yeah, yeah. it doesn't change the characters don't suddenly start saying some different stuff <laughs> because of these articles so it's mm. put you off watching it or is, is that was that your real thing you just don't want to watch it because you know that it's as jeremy vine said overwhelmingly <laughs> Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, yeah. You know, so overwhelmingly, all of black. the films that have been made in history, I guess they're overwhelmingly white. No, but yeah? but, but but check check oh, check no. the word mm, over. Why are you overwhelmed by mm. it? How can you be over? How is the film? How does the black cast overwhelm the film, or overwhelm you, or overwhelm mm. the audience? That word to me belies some layers of his own psyche. Yeah, it definitely does. For someone to say, oh, to describe a film as overwhelmingly black and just like you said would you describe any other of of all these movies that we've seen out Mm. since the beginning of time would you describe them as overwhelmingly white you wouldn't it wouldn't Mm. even cross your Mm. mind you'd just be like oh yeah it's that that film it's the norm so now i think white people are being made to think about oh some we didn't realize that you know we really do dominate in 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 the way that we're represented and the, the fact that other people... But they're not thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, because they've never had to. Mm. So now it's like this movie has come out and you're seeing that the backlash of that is that now they're having to think about the fact that actually you have a certain amount of privilege mm. that we haven't been afforded forever and it, it actually pains you to think about it because now you're like, I might have to give up this privilege and yeah. I don't want to because I like feeling quite comfortable within it. Yeah. And I think that's that's what it boils down to. Interestingly enough, it's going back to, you know, these platforms doing segments like this. They tend to do a lot of segments as well, just generally speaking about how just women yeah. are viewed in um, magazines and media in ge- generally. And say, for instance, if they were to do a segment on, you know, supermodels mm. and like you know models in general like oh it's really unfair that they keep plastering these skinny women with these big boobs on tv and on you know on film and all the rest of it what about the rest of us and blah 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 so they do these segments and then you see the presenters like empathizing and understanding and blah 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 and it's like yes we need to see ourselves because not every woman is shaped like that so my thing is it's the same thing for, for us, like we don't see ourselves. So if that you can is come the to the conclusion that you, you know, you understand fully well that it's not fair that only one type of woman is showcased mm-hmm. 
in the media, how is it that you can't get your head around the fact that only one group, one specific race is only represented in the media? And whenever another race is, it's right. usually as a lesser character right. or a villain. Why can't you, like, it's the same thing. Why can't you get your head around that? Can't, can't or won't. Right. That's what it is. And that's what, and I'm like, it's the same. And that's the can't. gag. And mm. that's why I said I'm always suspicious of their inability to see it. <laughs> because if you can, you can create the exact same analogy in mm. something that, you know, relates to you. How do you not see it? How do you not see beyond yourself? Or is that, you know, what mm. we commonly term as the white privilege? Yeah. You yeah. just... Oh, Your yeah. blinkers come on at that point. All of these magazines showing these skinny models, it's so unfair. And, you know, we want to have representation yeah. for ourselves. The average blah, woman is a size blah, 14. Blah, blah. <laughs> and, yeah, all of those things. Ain't and average, it's like, bruh. Um, is this the same thing? Like, yeah. Like, 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 people, we don't... Oh, but, oh, no, it's... it's what do you mean? I don't, I don't. Yeah, understand. I don't get it. I don't you know, get it anymore. Aren't, aren't we all the same? Like, we all bleed the same. We, can't teach, we all bleed the same, you know? It was. Dude, I, saw, I saw a black man in, you know, in, in the scene of Spider-Man. I mean, I think he was walking in the back, but I saw him <laughs> and I have black friends as well. So, you know, it is diverse. It is diverse. It is, absolutely. It's bollocks. It's bollocks. Do you get know what? Town. It kind of brings me on to as well, just the whole idea of, people kind of almost being upset or touched in a way mm -hmm. when there is something which maybe in their eyes is seen as overwhelmingly black because there was a similar kind of um, negative narrative that came out surrounding the new Nike advert. Right. So the new Nike advert features people like Skepta, features Giggs, features Michael Dapper, but also features non-black people mm. and um, kind of like focuses, I mean, the main idea of it was like London, London yeah. and, you know, real life London, not the London look that Ramel adverts <laughs> be showing <laughs> yeah. you. No black people. <laughs> no black people. No. <laughs> like not that London. Not around. Mm. Like real London. And um, there had been, I don't want to, I don't want to keep using the word backlash because it just sounds so kind of, journalistic but mm. there had been definitely a negative narrative of people who were seemingly upset thinking or finding that that advert in their eyes was like overwhelmingly black and it was like if it's about London where's the representation of other communities and one mm. of the one of the louder kind of voices with that argument seemed to be the Asian community <laughs> or parts of the Asian community, should I say, saying that the adverts almost, almost kind of um, positing it like the adverts had displaced kind of Asian representation right. by overrepresentation of black characters. And I thought that that was really disappointing mm -hmm. to kind of like read and see some of that commentary online, but also quite telling as well. And the reason why I say it's quite telling is because we often say, and I say we within the black community knowing and not wanting to speak for everyone and knowing that the black community is not a monolith, but we often say that we are often at the forefront of certain battles, yeah. right? We are often at the forefront of kicking doors down, getting our head bust in at the getting same time of doing so, getting criminalized yeah. for doing so, but 
but moving moving things forward in terms of rights and that that I think typifies the story of the civil rights movement mm. in um the US and I think that definitely typifies the story of um like black political movements in the UK. And then when we do that, when we make those gains, everyone benefits mm, from it. Mm. All of a sudden people start identifying as politically black and we've discussed that before in this show and then getting on with the gains that we've, and I say we being the black community have made. But then when it suits some people, so a la this Nike advert, all of a sudden it's like, nah, but when there's all those black faces, it's not enough because we now need to be, Yeah, we now need to you be need to, seen. It's like, you need to bring us in. Yeah, so what, <laughs> I mean, what is that phenomena and why does that exist? It's interesting because this story kind of reminds me of when um, rapper M.I.A., famously said um, against Black Lives Matter. What about the lives in the, I can't remember which country she's from. I think it's the Tamil soldiers. I can't remember which country she's from Mm. in um, South Asia. But basically, you know, she wanted to know why aren't Black Lives Matter fighting for whatever, you know, issues are going on in her her home country. And Mm. people were like, fam, what are you talking about? Do you know how much fighting we have to do just to get ourselves out of the gut, out of the gutter and out of the dirt? Like, mm. if, if if you're, why don't you set up a whatever lives matter for your for a, whatever issue it is that mm-hmm. you're dealing with? Mm-hmm. It's like, and you're right, and it's like, why why do we have to fight for everybody? And no, but they're not just that. But then when we're fighting that, and we've made some gains, and then you gain from it as well. Mm. When we get a, a I don't even want to say a bring because that sounds all condescending mm. as well. But when we when we get when we when we're pushed forward in any way or promoted in any way on any platform, then there's all this what aboutery. What mm. about us? And mm. what about how can we? What? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not all. It yeah. can't all. We can't always be the mules. We can't always be the hard workers mm. to make those games. But I just I I don't understand where that comes from. I just like I. I don't understand why people are keen to align themselves with you when they see you taking on the struggle. Mm. But when you get benefits, suddenly it's like, oh, well, that's not fair. Mm. What about us? Mm. How come we're not there as well? And I just found that that was that was really disappointing. But I think it should really inform. I, I You know, I don't want to sound like you know, I'm trying to draw any party lines and pit people against each other, but I think it really should inform people about who their allies really Mm -hmm. are. Mm. Because that's another conversation that we often have, talking about our allies and who really are our allies. And sometimes your allies Mm. aren't that helpful. Yeah, because to me, the whole, like, conversation, like, you know, the people that are complaining... To me, there's an air about it of like, oh, you know, black people get given ev- everything easily. Like yeah. this came to us easily. Yeah. Do you know how long it took us to get yeah. to the point where brands like Nike and Adidas yeah. recognize, oh, wow, they can, this, this cult, these many cultures here that they form can make us mm. X amount of trillions. We mm. can, you know, use said people from these groups mm. to promote our brands in a really positive light. Mm. We didn't just get there. It took a lot of kicking down doors, yeah. you know, as you said, Cheryl, spending a whole lot of time 
getting into trouble with the law and all the rest of it. So it's like, you can't then spin around and be like, what about us? Mm. And when it's not to say that, you know, we should ignore other things that are going on. But at the same time, this sense of entitlement yeah. is what I get Upon from it. And I, yeah, and I don't really like that yeah. because within your own communities as well. There's a lot of anti-blackness. There's in the Asian a lot community. of anti-black. I've got, you know, a couple of my Asian friends, if they were here now, they, they wouldn't even deny it. Yeah, no, I read about yeah, it. And they it's, wouldn't it's even. actually, um, you know, some Asian women that I follow online and speak to in groups online who are, who have informed me, mm. not in, not speaking to me personally, but in some of the things that they write about, some of the yeah. things that they discuss and allow people to be privy to those discussions. That has informed me mm. of something which I kind of think that we knew anyway, yeah. but it's kind of been confirmed because the, them as insiders in those communities mm. confirmed there is a lot of anti-blackness within certain parts so my of thing the is, Asian community. You're going to be upset, but fix that first. Why don't you fix that? Yeah. You know, yeah. before you start saying, what about us? Bring us in. Why, why don't you fix that? The yeah. issue of But it's not even really bring men- us in though, yeah. is it? It's kind of, because when you, when you strip it back, mm. it's not actually bring us in. It's, what it really amounts to is we want to be there instead of you. Right. It's not bring us, it's mm. not bring us in to stand next to you. Mm. The, the, the undertone that I'm getting is we want to be there instead of, mm. we deserve to be there instead of you. Mm. And that's, that's what I said. It's, it's quite, it's, it's quite disappointing yeah. actually. And I think it should inform people of who their true allies. Mm. And that's all we're really saying, going are. back to the MIA, MIA thing. If she was so, Obviously, she knows the power of Black Lives Matter, otherwise she wouldn't have mentioned it. So it's like, if you know that, then why don't you go and set up your own thing? Yeah. Why don't you take inspiration from that and be like, do you know what? If we got together in the way that this group organised themselves and maybe the Tamil soldiers might have a chance or maybe they might have a platform, you know, like, why don't you do that? Yeah. You know, if you want to be involved in the Nike ad or in the Adidas ad or whatever ad is out there, why don't you be like, you know what? Black people are doing the business now we need to be whatever it is they're doing we need to do that yeah, too yeah rather than sitting back waiting for everything to pop off and then be like what about us <laughs> yeah what about us? <laughs> you know it's I mean? true what did you think of the night ad though when you first I thought saw it was it? dope yeah actual flames i loved it yeah i loved it i i i i liked it mm. i liked it i didn't i didn't mm. love it and I think it's just because I'm quite cynical. And you know what yeah. you were just saying earlier about, you know, it's taken these brands quite a long time to get to the point where basically say they see the commercial value mm. in certain people and certain sectors of, 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 once again, I use the term, the community. So I think sometimes when I look at, when I see stuff like that, so then the cynic you know, comes like, out. Mm. Yeah, it's not like I can I can see it for what it is, yeah. but I can't do star jumps about it because it's like I, I've are been you, knowing. Are, are we, I've like, been knowing that we're we 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 we're, we're the centre trendsetters. I've been knowing that. Yeah. So don't try and come on board now and then put your stamp on it like Nike and Londoner and all of that. Yeah, you, but you're not telling us anything. We, <laughs> yeah. We're telling you, in fact. It's like you're playing catch up, and we've, we've you're playing we've, catch we've been up. Knowing, but that's, yeah. So yeah. that's why I can't do star jump. So that's why I'm kind of like, I liked it, mm. but I didn't. I guess I would have loved it if if it was earlier in time, because yeah. then it would have been a real message. Because it's kind of like then it would have been mm. maybe 
going against the grain or being really kind of um, adventurous. Now it's like, we've done seen that Skepta's Flavor of the Month, Mercury mm. Award winning Skepta. We done see that Giggs is, is, is blowing up even though the police tried to lock off his whole career over mm -hmm. the years. Do you know what I mean? We've done see Michael Dapper's International. Yeah. Right? So we know, and we know that kids, young people have an interest in sports and mm -hmm. music and all that sort of stuff. We know all of that. We've, we've, that's us. We know all of that. Mm. And all of a sudden, Nike's capitalizing on it. Mm. There's, but there's like historically, brands not... have always done it, particularly sports brands like Adidas. Yeah, link, for sure. That's why like, I'm not... you know, them linking themselves with Run DMC mm, mm, and every mm. Missy Elliott mm. and all the other stars, yeah. which is why obviously during the 90s was a really good time for hip hop because that's when a lot of people thought, well, I'm always like talking about them. Let me create my own brand. Mm. So we have things like Fubu, Fubu, Fubu yeah. for us, by us, yeah. you know, cross colors you know, all these other brands that were black owned and everything. So I would kind of like to see us kind of go back to that. To kind that. of just creating our own brands. Definitely. And realizing actually we don't need you lot. Definitely. We, we create whole cultures and if we can make clothing and, you know, other merchandise part of the culture where people want to buy into it, then yeah. that's great. But I think what I will say is like, sometimes I think for us, we see certain brands and we want to attach ourselves to them rather than thinking, I don't actually need to. We're, we're still to. in that mindset. It's, but it's, it's, like, it's almost like a blind spot because yeah. a, a lot of the artists that are coming out now, like especially the, 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 the young artists and a lot of artists in the grime music scene, as we know, they go in the independent route. Mm. So they kind of, they know it there that they don't need to a certain extent, the establishment to get to, to push them forward. Mm. But then here, it's almost like a blind spot. It's still like, yeah, yeah, mm. Nike, 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 worldwide, Nike, yeah. Nike, Nike. But it's just like... I think it's like kind of certain brands are romanticized with certain groups of people. Like if you yeah. were younger, the it trainer to have was, e it, it brand to have was either Nike mm. or Adidas. So when yeah. you're... Feeler you know, had a moment. Though. Yeah. So when you're <laughs> now a star, you've got all these brands wanting to like, you know, give you money to promote this mm. and give you like, probably a part of you is like, raw, mm. you know, yeah. they want me like, this is as a boy, as a, as, or as a young girl, I remember like mum, 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 please, I'll yeah. get me them 120 pounds of trainers and mummy couldn't afford it. And now I've got, actually have these brands coming to me saying you can have as many trainers as you want mm. you can have x amount of money just go on social media take a picture of yourself holding the trainer or wearing the jacket whatever the case may be yeah. and it's it's yours bro yeah no so i get that. that i get i i get the obvious appeal in that sense i guess that's that that's the barrier that whole kind of, you know, it's capitalism at its mm. finest, isn't it? And consumerism as it, at its finest. So I guess the barrier between me loving that advert is that I can't unknow these that, factors. Yeah, it's like, it's, still, <laughs> it's a dope advert, but I still know there's yeah. a side of you lot. Because my thing is as well, let's just say tomorrow, Skepta's not hot anymore. Jay yeah. Huss ain't hot, in, hot no more. Yeah. Giggs is gone about his business yeah are these brands still going to be like yeah you yeah know, you lot are the hot team and even and 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 apart from that and i'm not saying that they're not because i know that nike actually do set up quite a few initiatives mm. like some of the things that the um the young people in the the actual advert were saying like you know i have to run certain amount of distance to get to training mm. and this this and that like 
are they investing in any initiatives for young people? Because that's greatly needed yeah. at the moment. Because if there's that popping off in the background, then I can get behind it. Then you will see me mm. doing star jumps for them. <laughs> you know, if there's that going yeah, on. But if yeah. it's just, we just want to be associated with these hot names and these hot guys and these, like, I can't love it. Yeah, I like yeah. it, but I can't love I it. I loved, well, the moments that I loved in it, I will say, there were two. One was they, um, the young girl that was running through <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that did make me laugh because I was like, mm, "There's been a couple of times." But did, and then I saw um, the Morley's Chicken Shop. Mm. I'm like, whoever, whoever put this together, or whatever, whatever team put this together, understood that Morley's is a South London thing. Yeah, you won't find it in East. You won't find it in West. It's a South London thing. So yeah. the, the fact that they Why said, you "Yeah, just say no. it's, it's in Peckham." Like no, but I'm I'm showing you the amount of research that they did. I know, but you just Jigs said you won't Peckham. find it in East, you won't find it in you West. Won't, no. You should still say, and you won't find it in North. Don't no, leave North out. Don't, we don't really talk about that place. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is they did their research to yeah, know no, that, you. you know, if, if, you know, if the young girl was like, yeah, I'll get my chicken from um, Angel. And I buy in from Morley's. You'd be like, no, that's that's wrong. Immediately, that's wrong. You know. So whoever was the research, yeah, no, did the research that. behind that, I really appreciated that because I'm like, what I found, you thought about it. What I found a little bit sinister though in mm. the run through Peckham, and I'm just probably being a bit sensitive, was like the the skeleton hand that tries to grab her because it kind of signified death, and I just yeah. thought. I mean, I mean, maybe it's something that you can't get away from because we mm. know there are a lot, a lot of young people dying on the streets of North and South London, in, yeah, in yeah, fairness. Yeah. But that was like, oh, kind of message. But one message that I kind of feel like Nike could have... It's there, mm. but they could have um, pushed forward. I mean, I guess it is there, but maybe I guess they weren't... In my view, they weren't that, that much... that they weren't very flagrant about it in the same way they were more kind of saying, oh, this is London, this is London, yeah. this is like diverse London, blah, blah, blah. It's the fact that what they're really talking about with all those um, kids saying, oh, you think this is bad or you think this is bad or this is what I have to do is discipline. Mm. And the reason why I think they should have really played that up is because I don't think, I think there's a, there's, there's a, good, a good hard body of young people who don't really understand that see people like Skepta, mm. people like Giggs, mm. all the rest of it. Even like we said, Michael Dapper, they're not overnight successes. Mm, mm. What got them to where they are is the same message that that um, the athlete, the, yeah. the, the, the young boxer yeah. girl, the young football girl, uh, that's the yeah. same The same thing same. that they're we saying. We come from these ends, but it's in discipline. order to get to the top of what we need to be, we need to be consistent in what we're doing and you know, do this. So yeah. the young girls saying, I have to run through X amount right. and do this, that and that. I've got to be disciplined yeah. with myself. I've mm -hmm. got to, you're right, I've got to be consistent. And that message is there, mm. but I think they put London here. Mm. I think that was the goal of the advert, yeah. which I think is very showy and showcasey. And I, I do think that's a bit more about, oh, look, we got all this, mm. you know, all these top names and blah, blah, blah to come together under our brand. Whereas actually, I think that could have been pitched as the third point that they're hitting. And yeah. the first point that they could have hit is with their 
you know, their normal branding of just do it, which is like the discipline. You just got to like get down and do it. That's what these kids are doing. Mm. The kids that are telling you that I've got to run how much, how much miles and run through how much, how much ends when there's how many, how many people All that these might things be, going to try on, and yeah. achieve this thing that I'm trying to achieve, to try and get on with this thing that I, that I feel like is going to be good for me. That's, I tell you, in this day and age, I think people need to really hear that message yeah. more than just, ah, oh, London, London, Skepta, Skepta, all that sort of stuff. So I liked it. My mm. verdict is I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Marks I liked 10. it a lot. So just visually, mm. out of 10, seven, mm-hmm. what, it's, what I think it stood for out of 10 it's, t- it's tarnished a little bit for me, so I'm going to mm. say six six to seven. Okay. But I think what it could, the message that it could have been, that it could have really played a blinder on, and I think this is the way I will promote it to, to people. If I'm talking to young people mm. about it, that's the message I'm going to draw in from it. Um, I think it, it's, it, it played, a, it definitely played a blinder. Mm. It's, it's basically saying, you got to, listen, you got to get on. Mm. No one's going to put you on. you got to get on, mm. and that's where you're going to get to mm. if you get mm. on. So I liked yeah. it in that sense. I would also say, you know, shouts out to Nike for having the brilliance of not including a certain barber in their own barbershop. <laughs> I think that was, so for that alone, you get a 10. Because I'm like, this is great. Because I don't have to see dreads like going across <laughs> certain Shady for real. <laughs> Because I just think it just wouldn't have worked. It would have shut down the whole advert. People would have been like, nah, this man pulled back my hairline David, several times. This is Cheryl talking. Just, so you know that that I'm is just, Laura talking. Listen, I'm just saying, Damon, I understand the dynamic <laughs> dynamics of how that would have worked. So you just have to come out. <laughs> so they put Ray Black in there instead and Michael Dapper. And, you know, the advert is a, a roaring success. <laughs> shady. Well, I think you might be in Shady Corner this week. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of darkness going on at the moment. A lot of things that have irritated me at the moment. Just say Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, Wakanda right? Forever. Right? It makes look, look. everything good. Yeah. <laughs> Hands across the chest. Uh, right? <laughs> but I'm really angry. And I was I was talking about I was talking about about this subject mm. with um, my cousin today, and she was she said something. She met, sent me a message of something, something, something that she was cussing. And I actually I actually said, you know, laughing out loud. And I'm not laughing out loud because of what we were talking yeah. about, but the fact that she said she was cussing because I said, I feel like I spend like a big portion of my time just cussing things that go on in this world mm. and then the way they're then fed to us as news stories. And the one that I want to land on really is the one that we were talking about is about this scandal of, of um, Oxfam. In Ugh, Haiti. This makes me itch just disgusting. thinking about it. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. How long has um, Oxfam been running as an organisation? I don't know. It's gonna, because it's gonna be I feel like it's been yeah. running for as long as I've been alive. Probably even longer. Yeah. It's going to be eons. It's going to be eons. But the thing is, with Oxfam... Okay, so just to... Um, I can't find my phone, though. Mm. Um, just to land the story. So... Um, there was obviously the earthquake in Haiti in, when was it? Was it 2014? I believe so. Yeah. Right. So there's the, there's the, um, the um, earthquake in Haiti. So Oxfam send out what I guess is supposed to be like 
a relief mission. Yeah. And so sending out their people, seriously cannot find my phone, sending out their people to um, Haiti. And what it turns out is that <laughs> some of the men, I'm laughing not because of the subject, but because La just puts her hand down and finds my phone immediately. Some of in, the her men, in her own bag. I said, That's my life. That whole interaction there is the story of my life. <laughs> I to roll my eyes and like, this is this what you're looking for? And yeah, that's my bag. That's my phone. Yeah. Um, so some of um, the people who went out to Haiti and said, I think they were quite high-ranking officials within yep. Oxfam. It has now come to surface, come to light, that whilst they were out there, they took advantage of vulnerable sex workers and, I'm going to say now, people that weren't involved in the sex trade, that, in my view, were rendered vulnerable mm. by the fact of the earthquake and, 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 and the, the whole destruction that it had left on the island. Right. And used them for sex, paid them in some cases for sex. And then that got out within the circle of the charity and was somewhat in, in some way kind of hushed up. And now it's all coming to light. We've heard about it. Some people have resigned. I think three or four people maximum were given their, given their marching orders. Some people were allowed to resign. They've still gone on to have other jobs in the charitable sector. Um, and Oxfam's, um, the o o Oxfam's point after that is, yeah, but not with a reference from us. Like, get the hell out of here mm. with that. That doesn't even mean anything. And it just hurts my heart. The point, I'm not just angry and disgusted about that happening. And people need to recognise that actually, all of these charitable missions, even it's going on with, um, you know, UN soldiers apparently sexually assaulting women in some of the regions that they're in. You have, it's rife in charities, okay? I'm mm. just going to say it for the record, it is. But what I'm really angry about is the news that we have, the media that we have over here feeding us the story of almost like, oh, it was just, it was just couple man who engaged couple prostitutes. Mm. Dot, like, dot, that makes me really angry. Just with the devastation that Haiti has gone through. Come and, on. And are going through. These people went over there, knew exactly what they were doing and knew no, what they exactly, were going to be faced with. Yeah, what desperate people who are in the, the worst conditions ever will, will, will do. Why would, what, and, why, why, to be quite crass, why is your dick even involved? Mm, mm. People are vulnerable out there. People are, are doing things to try and survive. get money, to try yeah. and survive. You, you work in a charity. Explain to me why your dick's even involved in that transaction. Mm. If you want to be charitable, if you want to even dash money outside of those, um, uh, uh, um, like actual projects that you claim that you were doing yeah. out there. I'd be dash money now. But why, why are you there whopping down things? Mm -mm. What's going on? Do you know what's really disgusting? That's predatory behaviour. It's, it's not just Haiti. It's not, of course it's not. It's all not. over the world. And like people are like only just, I'm like, if you think about the amount of poor countries that are out there yeah. where charities exist and have to exist because you have to remember charities as well. They're a business. So they're, they're going to be in the poorest of countries that 
need the help more than anyone. Mm-hmm. They, there are people out there that will be taking advantage of certain systems. And we see it all the time when we, we hear about cases of um, child abuse, when you hear about people who have a history of abuse and they're working in schools, yep. they're working in um, foster homes, they're working in hospitals. I mean, look at Jimmy Savile. My man had the keys to Broadmoor. Yeah, and that's just, that's... Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm just like, I'm not, when I, when I first heard this story, obviously I was disgusted. And then I thought to myself, I'm not actually surprised at all in the slightest. Um, I was saying to Cheryl off, off air, I was talking to her about the time when I went to um, Cape Verde mm. and um, I went there with my mom and a couple of my friends and we went to a bar, just a random bar and we were sitting in the bar, we were having a good time, but I noticed that something was a bit off mm. about this bar. Something was really, really strange. There's a lot of Cape Verdean girls in there, naturally. And then in a corner of the room in this bar, I saw like really old white men mm-hmm. just there in the bar. And then I saw a lot of these young Cape Verdean girls just hanging around them. I think to myself, well, why are they all like... And you can see that they're young. Obviously, they're dressed provocatively, had on makeup and everything. But you can see from their face, they had baby faces. They were young girls. And then it suddenly dawned on me. I'm like, these men are disgusting and mm-hmm. these young girls are basically they're prostitutes mm-hmm. but I'm not, I don't yeah I don't even like to use the word prostitutes because no. I'm like they're kids yeah they are kids and they're just these dirty old pedophiles out here so and this is what they do and there's you know there's other people that I know sex tourism yeah um there's you know somebody that I used to speak to she's Ghanaian she would tell me that apparently in one in one of the airports in Ghana there are signs in the airport that kind of say, you know, they warn like Western travellers, please don't, basically don't trouble our kids. Yeah. Leave them alone. Yeah. Can you imagine? But having to do that. Yeah, you have to do that Mm. because you know there's a problem Mm -hmm. with Western men coming over Mm -hmm. to places like the Philippines, places like Ghana, Mm -hmm. places like all over the Caribbean, like poor countries and they go over there and they take advantage of the system and because the people are so piss poor. Yeah. It's like they've got no option. They're this is what we have to do. They are victims. Yeah. So just to make a correction, the, the earthquake that took place in Haiti was in 2010. And um, looking back on it, it killed 200, an estimated um, number being 220,000 people and injured 300,000 people mm. and left one and a half million people homeless. And so Oxfam were basically like one of a number of international charities, and I am doing <sighs> inverted commas there, who went to the island supposedly to offer support. And that's when um, these um, these incidents were said to have taken place. Um, the thing is that it says, and I, I'm reading here, that the staff involved, and I think they were about there, uh, were said to being um, um, a few involved. They all resigned in 2011 when an intra mm-hmm. um, charity report came out, um, and Oxfam have said that they were v- they're very clear that they did not give them references. Like seriously, is that what is that what you think this boils down to? Here? This, that that that's, that amounts to an ass covering mm. statement. But the fact is, as I was saying, that um, in my view, it's not just going to have been. You know, they say, oh, it was prostitutes. Mm. So you you think to yourself, 
in the in the turmoil and the wreckage that was Haiti at the time. Where did these where did, where did these people go to solicit prostitutes? Mm. Where, where mm. what where did they go? What were the what do you think those women were doing? What do you think those girls? Because trust me, mm. I will bet you and win. There were underage girls involved. Yeah. I and read the fact one is, article saying there were girls in there as young as like maybe 14, 15. Look at that. This is so this is not about mm. a few men and, just oh, being. And the, one of the houses that they, they use, which is supposed to be a base for Oxfam, they would, the locals nick, nicknamed it. What was the nickname? They said, I think they described it as like a Caligula um, orgy. You know, back in Roman times when oh, they're known to have that kind of thing. Sick. Girls running around in like next to nothing. That actually makes me feel sick. That's what you. That's what mm. crossed your mind to mm. do that in and amongst that driving around in Oxfam um, cars and stuff. Like, didn't care. It makes me feel sick. That that actually makes me feel angry. So the point mm. is, as you, you you're right, and I think you know, even my cousin said it as well. You know, places where men, mm. in particular, I am laying this at the feet of men, come together and assert a, a certain level of power over people so it's happened in with barry bunnell who's just mm. been convicted at liverpool crown 43 Court. counts disgusting it's happened yeah. in the priesthood mm. it's happened in in boarding schools now we see it's happening so-called chat places where people are supposed to be safe mm. places where people are supposed to be being looked after and this is what's happened it's endemic mm. it's endemic but i'm really angry about the narrative that's being fed mm. through to us through the news that oh it's like oh they went and you used prostitutes mm -hmm. prostitution mm. is illegal mm. in haiti and to have sex with a minor is illegal yeah. i think the legal age of consent over there is 18 right so yeah. these are criminal offenses mm. that have taken place so don't play me bbc mm. one mm. by telling me oh some men from oxfam they went there and you know apart from the work they were doing they used prostitute as if as if they went to some brothel knocked a door paid some yeah. some man or some lady running the brothel were really kind it's not like that mm. so they need to really paint the gross picture that it was and that is these people are living in slums mm. 1.5 million people homeless an island literally flattened mm. and you still went out there and managed to get your 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 peace out nasty that's predatory behavior mm. i think one article was saying that the men had the sense basically had a sense of entitlement like we're here to help you the least you can do is sleep with us sort of thing that's that's the kind of attitude that they were running around that island doing for people and as you said desperate people do desperate things okay fine what do you want what do you need mm. and shouts out to um um Eamon holmes because Eamon Holmes, he is one of the presenters on This Morning. Yeah. And he had one of the representatives from Oxfam in on the show. Right. And he gave it to him with both barrels. He was like, there are people all over the world that give money to charities like yours. They mm. will give, they've been given money to charity, to, to Oxfam for years giving it to you in good faith. And this is what your company has been doing. Yeah. Like he was so disgusted. Yeah. And the man had the bare face cheek to turn around and say, oh, you, you know, we're not the only charities. I'm not talking about other charities. I'm talking about you. you. Right, tried to really shift the blame and Eamon just was not having it. If you could have seen the man's face, he was sitting there, d didn't know what to say. Yeah. 
like if the ground could have swallowed opened it opened it opened up and swallowed him mm. that's what he would have allowed it to do yeah but it's like we need more people like that holding these people to task because yeah. i'm like as you said this there is a criminal be- offense i, I want to hear charges being pressed there should be public outrage i'm like who is-, is this this one man who the daily mail had like you know them already that like had his face all up Mm. in in their publication some guy from um i think he was from holland mm. who was one of the lead guys there oh right i know who you're talking about yeah, yeah. so yeah. what i want the next story i want to hear is that he's been arrested and he's been charged yeah can i just um bring it back to again you know we're two black women mm. that do this podcast and so i make no apologies for um, centering some of the discussions that we have around the black female experience. And I say that just as a preamble to um, one of the comments that, as I said, me and my cousin were talking about this today. She's, we were sending messages back and forth about it. And when I, was, when I said to her, the, the reason I thought angry about it is because they keep using the word prostitutes and prostitution mm. as well. And it's, it's nothing yeah. like that. That conjures up a certain image in the West. Mm. And she said, and she said this, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Um, so shouts out to my cousin Angela for this because I I just I thought this comment was so on point. She mm. said, "Well, that's the thing. Prostitution implies consent. Mm. That's what they need people to think." She said, "Remember, these women are black, so it perpetuates the highly sexualized yeah. stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking them even at their word, giving them the most benefit, they still allowed their staff to use." the services of vulnerable at best sex workers when they were in that country to offer aid, help and support. Mm. So that's even sickening. And that comment was so on point. Yeah, it's, you know, absolutely. the bit about that. That's, that's my feeling mm. about it. They're using the word prostitution for mm. a reason. So it implies some mm. kind of consensual transaction, yeah. but also it goes back to why I'm saying there should be public outrage. She said, remember these women are black. And so it perpetuates the highly Mm. sexualized stereotype. And it also does what we said Mm. happens in this world. When it's black women who are victims. The same as, do you remember the Rochdale? um, Yeah. Sex. um, Scandal, of course. Do you remember the outrage? Rightly so. Of course. That was disgusting. I feel the same way about that as I do for this. But But in regards to the way that it's being reported. Yeah. It's a totally That's different thing. That's why they're using prostitution. And, and yeah. remember, remember, one of the th- key things in terms of um, the Rochdale, th- I say key things, one of the factors in the Rochdale issue was that when um, people and social workers, I think, were reporting, because they knew, because they had contact with some of these girls that were being abused and the families and stuff, when they were reporting it to the police, the police were talking about the girls in terms of prostitution mm. and being underage, the, the, the care workers and the yeah. social workers were saying, this is not prostitution, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's child rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, don't ha- they mm. haven't reached the age of consent, Same. some of these girls. Mm-hmm. It's not prostitution. It's not, th- they are under the age of consent. It's child rape. Mm. And that's what people need to understand was probably going on in Haiti. Now they're talking about Chad as well. Mm. And trust me, these things are going to be mm. the tip. These scenarios that we're hearing about are the, the tip, tip of, of the, the iceberg. iceberg. Yeah. People have been out there raping young women. Mm in the name of we're here for charity mm. i'm i'm telling you now they're, they're doing when can, i when i read burn. the they going around with a sense of entitlement i'm like that is what it is and that is why they're getting away with it 
Because if you take a person who is so desperate, Cheryl, and if you take a next person who knows they have all the power in a certain situation, mm. they can spin around and say, if mm. you don't do, you need to do this for me because this is what I've been doing for you. Mm-hmm. A desperate person will be like, will rationalize that in their head and be like, cool, mm. let's do this. So, so I'm just... Let's try and talk about something light. Yeah, I'm, si- I'm sick of talking about stories like this, honestly, because it just sickens. sickens it's kind of hurtful, right? It is really hurtful. I'm just Haiti. I know. Come on, man. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Let's 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 move on. Um. Okay. What can we talk about to bring the mood up, Shizza? Okay. <laughs> so I don't know because I'm so annoyed that I that I locked my. Uh, basically, I had um a letter come in, but because my phone is playing up, I can't I can't bring it up. But it was a good one. It was really? cheered you right up. So um. Next week, we'll definitely yeah, we'll do, do it. it. We'll yeah. d- okay, so we'll do that. So you guys can look forward to that next, because even I'm looking forward to it <laughs> next week. Um, I hope I don't disappoint. Be like, is that it? No, no, no. You, ne- no. you never do. You never do. You know what? We should bring back One's Got to Go as well. Yeah. Let's we haven't do done that got- for a while. Yeah, that does actually bring up mood, so. Yeah, so let's yeah. do a One's Got to Go next week as well. One of the other subjects that I was going to talk about, um, but I don't think we will because we've done too much and it's really heavy. It's what? just, remember I was saying to you about, so there's this black-owned hair store in Peckham mm. that's like closing down and the woman's online talking about, oh, black people don't support black people and that's why we're here. And then we saw... Um, our mate Carla, she mm. was on her Instagram and posed a question in the same kind of fashion. Mm. Why don't black women support black women in like the creative industries? Is that really a thing? And um, it's a it's it's a it's a storyline that I see kind of put out there again when you engage in like social media and you see what people are kind of discussing. Mm. And to be honest, I d- I don't I don't I don't believe yeah, it. I can't subscribe to that because me personally. All the things that I've done, my biggest supporters have mm. been black women. Woo! My biggest ones. Oh, yeah. So for me to go out there and be like, oh, I don't, uh, but I hear what you're saying. I, I've, I've heard this chat many times before. Yeah. I understand. What can I say about this? I can only speak from my personal experience and just say I haven't experienced that, but I have heard that talk yeah. before. Black people don't do this. Black people don't do that. But And it it, is, it irritates me sometimes because I'm like, give me a, an example of, of what you mean. Yeah. Like, is it an example of like, you've had one particular instance and because it hasn't gone your way and it's from a black person, then therefore we all, we're all like that? Yeah. And as I said, I reckon it, it sometimes becomes... Um, it becomes self-perpetuating um, if you keep giving out that kind of energy. I, I'm sure if if that is really your strong energy, if that's the, if that's the energy that you're giving out to people, then when you approach someone, I imagine that may be the energy that you emit anyway. Mm. So there may be other turnoffs from people wanting to support you if you're kind of coming at it with that kind of. Um, attitude of yeah. oh god you know working with black people oh it's gonna mm. be this it's gonna be that like and i'm like you that hasn't been my experience mm. in my career and especially currently i have yeah. to say in my chambers top ranking defense um sets i must add <laughs> in the uk um, <laughs> there are that you know we have uh, you know we have a whatsapp group of mm. us there are uh, several black women in chambers we call ourselves the sisters in law and we are extremely oh, such a cool name yeah we are Love i think it. i coined it actually <laughs> and we are extremely supportive 
of one another. Right. Ex- like extremely supportive of one mm. another. And I found in my career as well that a lot of the solicitors who put me on about what by saying what what, what I what I mean by put me on mm. are really gave me career defining cases which would push me up a notch notch in terms of my own abilities, my vis my visibility within the career and taking a punt on me and saying, Yeah, Cheryl can do this yeah, case yeah, yeah. have been black solicitors, mm. male and female. So to be honest, I can't say that that's, that's really my experience. I don't mm. know if it's different within, you know, the music industry, this, f- this subject, even though we weren't going to talk about what we're talking about, <laughs> about is talking about like um, a hair shop in yeah. um, a predominantly black area, um, despite gentrification taking place mm-hmm. in Peckham, like it's still predominantly black. And she's complaining, saying, you know, it's the fault of the black consumer who haven't supported her effectively mm. that her shop's closing down. Now, let me give a couple other facts after that. Mm. She's got another shop. She's got another shop in Lewisham. That shop's not closing down and that sells the same kind of products. Mm. So black people must be supporting that. So why haven't you weighed that into the balance? Yeah. I mean, got- it could be different variables. It could be that black people just don't know. That's it. When it I, I was reading, I was reading some of the comments because it's been posted various places online, and I've been reading some of the comments. And some women have said, mm. "I literally stumbled upon that shop by accident. Mm. I was walking down the street one day, and <laughs> I just was. I happened oh. upon it. Mm. Me, you know me, la. I don't go south. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I got to apply for my visa, yeah. so I don't really go south. So I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what's down there. But also, I think what people don't understand is the black hair care kind of market Mm. has changed so much. Mm, mm. I might still have in a weave, but Mm. I know loads of my friends now who are completely natural, Mm. who, and even if they do wear weave, they're not, they're not going to know hair. It's not Mm. about packs. Mm. Packs Mm. now make it. Yeah, a lot as well. Online or you have your own connects who are getting like the balm hair. And also as well, like with people forget this side of it as well. You see YouTube, yeah. You see these oh my girls gosh. doing the their tutorials and five. showing you how to do it yeah, do your yourself hair, without right? going hairdressers and spending right? hours and all day and everything right. and then do it themselves. That's another, you know, yeah. way that they're probably missing out on money because they're like, why do I need to go to you Absolutely. for when I can? People who are making their own products yeah. as well at home. I was about to say that even on on my hair, I don't use if I'm if I'm washing my hair, mm. I'm washing my hair with black soap. Right. That black soap bought jelly from Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> like, standardly. This ain't got no packing, has bro. changed. So right? I don't know what her marketing and PR is like, but maybe she needs to rethink that because, like I said, I don't really know about... Um, Sandy's this, is the, the yeah. store, yeah. And also as well, for someone like me, I'm from South West London. Yeah. Right? Even though Peckham is in South, South West London and South East London Different aren't very things. well connected in yeah. terms of transport. Mm. So for me, I live in Brixton. Do you know how much shops around there for that's hair? The it's down the road from me. And that's not, I don't think that's a question of I'm not supporting yeah. a black business. I think that's a question of, look, these businesses, all mm. businesses have to fit into what we as consumers yeah, you have want. to make yourself more accessible. Right. If that ain't happening, then I can't help you. That's because what I'm saying. I've still got to live my life. I've still got to get, get from A to B Thank and you. blah, blah, blah. If I see you in Brixton, I'm heading to you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the reality the is, all of the shops there, they have the same products, same prices, same, same, same. But if you're black owned, and I know that you're black owned, that's another thing as well. A lot of the times, we don't know which shops are black owned and yeah. which aren't. Yeah. But if I know you're black owned and you sell what I want, I've got no issue with going going yeah. to you at all. Yeah. So I think it's about making yourself a lot more visible to yeah. your community. You can't just sit back and be and expect people to come to you. And definitely you need to people need to drop that attitude. You know, I know we have these jokes about oh customer service within mm. um, black um own business but i'm not even talking about that but i'm talking about if you're out there sending out the energy that um black consumers do not support black businesses then that's that's going to be the stereotype that perpetuates and actually you're making the business world more difficult for mm. black wannabe business owners to tra to traverse they have to swim through that whole right you know that, that whole rhetoric thing. yeah yeah and it's like oh god if you're you know. going imagine if and this is the example that i gave to you before imagine if you're going to apply for a business loan mm. and then you explain the loan and this is what you want it for and this is the business that you have envisaged and then that person who maybe stands between you and getting that loan has heard this whole mm shite basically about mm, but blacks me, don't don't support black businesses so i don't think this is a viable yeah, business so me, i'm not yeah. going to give you the loan let me give you a perfect example of how stereotypes in regards to business works against us as a people yeah i remember a couple of seasons ago of the apprentice mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the boardroom when obviously Sir Alan's given his, you know, his rundown of each contestant and everything. Yeah. And he made a comment and it was about Nigerian businessmen. Right. And it was in regards, you know, the whole 419 thing and everything. Like what? for some reason, he was clued up to it and somebody mentioned Nigerian businessmen. And I wish I could remember it properly, but he turned around and was like, mm. his face was like, you're joking. Yeah, literally. And he made a little a little quip about, you know, how dodgy that is, basically. And that was on national TV. So this is something that within our community, we make jokes about and everything and kind of attribute it as a trait to, 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 to Nigerian men and Nigerian business. But there, here you have a very white Jewish man who's clearly aware of this stereotype that goes on within our community because he made a, a joke about it. That's... On and national TV, and, and, then, and then let me let me ask as if to say, oh, don't right? really deal with and them. Let me ask sort this shady thing. question. Yeah, who who was that 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 Nigerian businessman who ripped off the BHS uh, <laughs> pension fund? Oh no, sorry, that was Philip Green. Right. Okay. Oh no, excuse me. Yeah, but you see, the difference is right. certain shit will stick. Yeah, if you keep perpetuating them, yeah. Jewish people don't perpetuate that amongst yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Look at Jay-Z. When Jay-Z did his 444 album yeah. and, start, and mentioned, you know, um, shady business, business business dealings within, um, against rather the black community from yeah. um, Jewish men who used to own, you know, real estate, yeah. like the projects and everything, how they used to treat black people and everything. And he mentions that in his, in his album and he mm. gets backlash for it, even though that is actually what happened. Yeah. You can't say that. Let's put that's That's... Um, factual, yeah, but we're not allowed. You're to not speak allowed to factual. say that. However, mm. Sir Alan can be like raise an eyebrow right. at the mere, fa uh, mere, um, you know, mention 
of Niger- a Nigerian businessman, and then we'll and then we'll be out here key mm. keying and laughing and yeah. joking, and then also- we'll laugh and joke because we understand where it comes from, but at the same time we're not seeing the sinister side of it and yeah. how it affects us. Yeah. So you're right, you know, you and I we go into a bank, we want a loan for our business and everything, and they're like, oh, it's a Nigerian business, isn't it? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, they'll be looking at my name. Yeah. And surname, thinking, <laughs> Do you know ah, what I mean? Like, mm. Yeah, this one. <laughs> okay, so we need to break this down a little bit more than what you right. put. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So, yeah. again, as well, another point that I need to make, I just actually just thought about this in terms of like black people supporting other black business. I think we do it when we say that we're comparing ourselves to other groups. Mm. And I'm like, you can't do that mm. because our journey. Has, is totally different. It's completely different to other groups. I hate when people. It's not a like for like. People, yeah, I hate we're when literally starting on the like back that. foot. Right, like we haven't in the past had the ability to support ourselves in the way that other groups have. Yeah. Like, we, we just haven't. Yeah. we've been so disenfranchised throughout the the centuries that for us now we're playing catch up. Mm. Yeah, so. If your and white a, friend is is able to support you in the way that we can't, then maybe her losses aren't going to be as great as as our loss could p- yeah. potentially be. And that's what I was just about to say. There's a lot of fragility mm. in our positions, but because we play them so well, people don't necessarily right. notice them. You know, people don't necessarily notice that you might be like hanging on mm. by a thread in your career, yeah. right? But they you, think you're mm. there, you've made it, and then they're like, "Well, how come? How come I'm not? I'm not benefiting from these gains? How come she's never, you know, welcoming me? And how come she's never giving me any brilliance? Yeah. And you're just there hanging mm. on. You don't know what's going on in that girl's right. life. They like literally buy her nails hanging on. Yeah, and for you to like turn around and think." Oh, she's just not supportive of me and my. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's very short-sighted. You don't know. Yeah. Whereas you know other people, and I will say, white women that can afford to be a little bit freer than us. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That I think that's a blinding point, La. Okay, so on that note, shall we move to the last segment of the show? Okay, so it's shady corner. Who's in the shades? The shady corner. (laughs) This is the light. Hey, see Ace. We could have had a jingle there, man. The disrespect. Anyway, um, (laughs) who am I gonna put? Okay, so. What are we doing first? Shady Let's Corner. Let's do Shady Corner yeah, first. Yeah, so, so I was going to put Edward Addo, you're in the Shady Corner, but I've already explained you anyway. You're just a, a mansplaining idiot. So yeah. you can go along put in the corner. But He's definitely in there. I have to put, um, what's that girl's name? Irene Major. Okay, so if <laughs> in case you don't know, Irene Major is a so-called model mm. and she's another person who they insist on inviting on these shows to discuss diversity. Bring them out, and, bring them out. And whatever, <laughs> what have you. So... Irene is apparently married to some uh, some some aristocracy. Uh, was it aristocracy? A- aristocrat. Aristocrat. That's mm. the aristocracy. That's a whole group of people. <laughs> <laughs> she's married to only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think she's she said that she's a model. She lives in the middle of the country in a big mansion. Blah blah blah. Mm. So she's does and we shows. Mentioned that she bleaches her skin without being shady. Yeah. She does. No, it's not even being shady. She does. Yeah. But what really annoys me about her is that her kind of justification for it or her way of kind of dismissing it as a, as even a thing is that, you know, when you just want to get rid of a spot, 
your whole body is not one big spot because <laughs> right? that doesn't make what you are saying <laughs> on national television in front of these white people mm. makes no sense makes no Irene sense. stop it so she was invited onto this morning mm. and they had fellow presenter AJ Adudu on there as well mm-hmm. so AJ was trying to explain that explain that bleaching is bad for your skin yeah it could potentially give you cancer yeah it's poisonous all of the negative things which are actually true yeah so irene then turns around and says to her you know what i don't think it's right that you've got this woman because aj had a weave on it's Mm -hmm. not right that you've got this woman who's sitting in front of me with a weave uh, you know on her head trying to tell me what i can and can't do with my skin Mm. and at that point she then decides to take her wig off so bearing in mind she has a wig on. yeah she's got a wig on she takes her hers off to to somehow prove a point because she's then like if we're going to talk about africa let's show them africa and then whips off the wig Mm. so aj's looking at her like is this girl insane what was even the point that she was trying to make there wasn't one There wasn't one. She is trying to basically rationalize her skin bleaching with saying, you know, wearing false hair is the same as bleaching your skin. How? How, Irene? And this is what I was saying, it's a proper false equivalency because, first of all, wearing a wig or wearing a weave is not poisonous. It's not permanent. Mm. You can take off. You know, you can wear, you know, if if you don't want to wear it no more, you can just get rid of it. When you make the decision to bleach your skin, what you are actually saying is, I don't like myself because it is a permanent thing. You cannot go back. Mm. You cannot. There's no going back from that. You just, Mm. you just bleaching. And to sit there and say to, to AJ, I'm sure if I look in your cupboard, you know, I will find these little things that, you know, we'll probably get rid of certain things, spots in like AJ. Yeah. AJ is sitting there with a dark skin, lovely, smooth, complected self. And you're sitting there with a dark brown hairline and a bright, bright white face. Not even. I don't even like to call it white. I always feel that people. Is she who, the one that always wears gloves as well? Because there's this um, lady that I've seen, I'm and they bring her sure. out as well to talk about this. And I, I saw her wearing gloves before, and I figured to myself, you're wearing gloves because your hands must be really quite dark mm-hmm. as compared to maybe your face. Yeah. Possibly, mm. I don't even know. But she was just sitting there trying to make an argument for something that just didn't make any sense whatsoever and I think she thought in her head that pulling off her wig Mm. proved her point it didn't Mm. you just look stupid on national Mm. television and once again like you said in front of the in front of the white right and there's a Philip and and um what's the other woman's name is it Holly Holly yeah just sitting there like just like what is yeah. what well, Philip didn't really say anything, but Holly was like, you know, I think it should be up to you. What what, what it's it a puppy is, show. <laughs> what you want to do with your with your skin, you know? Surely that's that's. But Holly, in her naivety, and this is why it's a problem when we have these discussions on TV shows like that. You don't understand the backstory and the history behind why somebody has decided to bleach their skin essentially yeah holly they're trying to look like you Mm. and as much bleaching as they want to do that will never happen you adjacent right (laughs) it would never happen and in but in their head psychologically they're thinking they're closer to you than they are to their original selves or Mm. to their mum or to their auntie or to people that actually have black skin Mm. you know oh but people use fake tan again fake tan isn't permanent you can wash that off oh yeah when people go in the sun it doesn't have the same historical context right it doesn't and that's and that's what it is they're missing that point there and people when i i I say this to say white people don't want to recognize the history Mm. of damage 
that has happened to black people because of colonial rule and because of slavery, which mm. is why you can have Irene sitting there saying, oh, slavery, you know, colo colo she couldn't even say colonial rule mm. because it's something that she's kind of just put out of her head so much because mm. she doesn't want to recognize that the two. Correlate. Yeah. Cause and effect. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, this, you just, there's no point in having this discussion on there. If you're going to have it, you need to talk about, you do need to talk about slavery. You need some intelligent need to people to engage rule. with it though. Yeah, you yeah. do need to talk about, you know, how dark-skinned slaves were left out in the field mm -hmm. and how light-skinned people were left in the house. You need to talk about those those two, those things because mm. it's important to where we are They're today. They're the connectors. Yeah. Yeah. You're just there sit, fit, sit, sitting there thinking, oh, you know, people just want to do what they want to do. Really? No, shady Holly. corner for you. No, Definite it's not the same corner. as fake tan. Fake tan is not permanent. And even if you sit in the sun and you decide you want to get a suntan, mm. you have melanin in your skin. It's not as much as us, but your skin is naturally supposed to go darker mm. if you're exposed to the sun. I don't know anybody that revert that that <laughs> that goes lighter just normally. I do a little bit in winter. Yeah, but and that's it. But the minute you get that's a bit... because I mean, it's coming right. in the wrong environment. Exactly. But the minute you get a bit of sun, the brownness comes back again. It's normal. Yeah. But what Irene is saying is, it's not. Mm. So therefore, you know, the little spots that I have, I'm just going to... Spots. probably caused by bleaching. Stop anyway, it. so definitely she's going in Shady Corner. Do we have any other candidates? Because... I feel like Shady Corner could get kind of It packed. could get kind of... Feel, uh, Donald Trump, fuck you and your, your <laughs> ridiculous connection with the NRA. I cannot believe, yet again, another school shooting. Fuck you. I don't like swearing, but fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And the NRA, double fuck you. 19 people, not kids, in yeah. a school. But love, I've said it. I've said it once, I've said it before, and I don't say it to be heartless. If Sandy Hook didn't stop him, what's going <sighs> to stop him? And they're still like, oh, he, like he had mental issues. Oh, he's not a terrorist. No? I don't even, like, we, we, it's, it's, it's a cycle now, isn't it, though? I just, it just Shooting disgusts. happens. Every more, every no, <sighs> Shooting happens. Mm -mm. President tweets about it. Other high-ranking politicians in America tweet and talk, you know, they talk in their platitudes and they offer prayers and thoughts. Mm. And then... You know, people are aghast, people are mourning, and then those people that are mourning, you know, move away from, from media spotlight and they're left with their their their, their dead loved loved ones and the suffering. And then the American system goes on and people still quote, It's our second amendment mm, rights mm. to have a well armed militia. Like what are you talking about? In two thousand and eighteen. <laughs> you need you need a machine gun. Is that what you need? Against whom? No. Who? Who are you trying to protect yourself from? This is what I mean. So I just, I mean, who are we going to put in Shady Corner? The whole of America. Actually, it can't be the whole of America because, you know, one of the things that have come out of the discussions that I've heard about today mm. about this um, um, particular shooting. Was it in Florida or something yeah. like that? Yeah. So, and that's where the um, Pulse shooting was. I'm sure it was in Miami, you know, the nightclub one. Yes. Yeah. And that, how many people was that? 59 or some, oh, some. Something like that, yeah. Right. So the point is, um, I, I might have lost my train of thought. You were saying that is, you were not going to blame the whole of America. Oh, yeah. the whole. I can't blame the whole of America because, like positively that when I've been listening to some of the discussions on various kind of like news outlets about it 
and they've brought in people who live in America and, and understand American culture and st mm. stuff like that. They've been saying that actually the average America, th the average American mm. is not for, um, you know, people being able to possess assault rifles yeah. and stuff like that. And they do want more gun control. And it is just the mm. NRA. So the NRA, you're They're right. Just blocking F you, yeah. F you and F you and get into shady corner mm. for real. I mean, that's that's the best we can do at this point because mm. it, it is horrific. It's just just this resistance of having more gun control. I, I, the thing is, America will never get rid of the, their guns and I believe that you should have the right to protect yourself. Mm. But have some... Some, there needs to be some sort of boundaries around that. You, not every and everybody needs to have a weapon. Mm. And not the sorts of weapons that they right. can get and access the sort of, to. This is it. I'm not, I don't, Why would I'm, you live on and a residential... And I know residential... that Obama was trying to push through a policy to get it under control. And you yeah. like was like, no. It's money. It's money. Honestly, America, you lot need to get it together. Put, you've got to because you're going to lose more of your kids to this. I know, it's but the thing, is, the thing is... That's, that's why I say, if it didn't stop at Sandy Hook, if it didn't stop but at that Pulse like nightclub, then what's going to happen? My man was in one of the hotel buildings, just <laughs> spraying everything and, oh God. But yeah, anyway. I wonder if, I wonder if to, to a certain extent, some, some, some quarters of American society haven't become desensitized to it. Mm. Because, I mean... I think it's a thing of if it doesn't affect me and my kids and my own, then fine. But it does affect them because... Mm. Uh, but I think the people have that men mentality yeah, the question without realising. On, on BBC London, on, on Vanessa Feltz's show today, this morning, um, when I think there was some kind of issue of... Maybe it could have been in the tweet that President Trump sent out about um, you know people needing to feel safe in schools in America. And the question was asked, well, how can they feel safe in schools in America mm. when this is this is now not a one-off? It's not even a yeah. two-off. It's not even a ten-off. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a plenty-off. Mm. And we're like, we're, still, we're what, two months into the new year and this is, this is what's happened. Yeah. Nah, man. So, mm -mm. yeah, the NRA in, I mean, it even sounds so weak, but yeah, Shady corner, man. Yeah. So, who can we put into the light to okay, end okay. the show I've on got a light? Two notes. things I'd like to put into the light. So, the first one, South Africa. You need to go into the light. Is it? I love South Africa. Do tell. And I love it even more so because I was on um, Twitter the other day, and then little little alert comes up. And the headline reads, Katie Hopkins detained oh, in South yeah. Africa. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And then the following um, headline was about how they had to give her ketamine. Is it ke ketamine? ketamine. Yeah. yeah. Because she passed out <laughs> in South Africa. So I was like, first of all, why oh. is she in South Africa? So I thought, let me do a little digging. Right. Basically, our Katie is in South Africa because she's doing a documentary about the white farmers that are supposedly being... Um, targeted by right. um, black people. Right. Um, and yeah, she's out there fighting the good fight for the white farmers that are on the land of um, people that don't actually look like them. But for whatever reason, they own it. Mm. So Katie feels like, oh, well, you know, I have to go over there and help them. And, you know, 
you know, because they've been hurt by, you know, the horrible people over there in South Africa. So horrible Africans. Go, yeah, let me go over there. Let me help them fight the good fight because nobody cares about them other than me. Mm. So basically, when she finished doing her little piss and tell documentary, when she was on her way back to the UK, she was stopped <laughs> by the South African authorities in the airport and they detained her for inciting <laughs> racial hatred. So South Africa, well done. Props to you because well you did what we haven't been able to do for so long and had to put up with this cow. So apparently she's now long, no longer allowed to co go back Good. to South Africa. They've banned her from the country. Good. This woman, I'm like, where were you when apartheid was kicking off? Mate, where were you when black people all over South Africa her, honing her nasty craft in the probably. townships were being brutally murdered and killed mm. where were you then yeah where were you it's and let's talk applauding. about the white farmers and the land that they're on how did they get there mm. who gave it to them mm. she probably thinks it's their birthright <laughs> out of order <laughs> like I'm so listen when I heard that story just put yeah just it South made Africa, me I'm telling you, you are the motherland no, 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 <laughs> okay, so you said you had two And then things. the next one is, okay, the Winter Olympics is on. Listen, I didn't realise how much black athletes are doing the bits in the Winter Olympics. We've got represent representation from Nigeria. We've got a yep. Nigerian bobsled team. Mm -hmm. We've got a Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> We've got a Ghanaian bobsled man one man i don't know what they call it but it's just one man and they're doing they're doing really well we've got this girl, two girls in the free skating um event who they're amazing and i don't even think they've been training that long but they are kicking right. ass oh there's another there's another woman um she is in some kind of solo competitive sport mm -hmm. who's broken some kind of record and it, it triggered my mind. I can't remember her name. What don't a, know the name of the sport, but she hasn't been training very long either. I think it's the same person. I think her last name is Biney. And I had all this written down in my notes, but as you know, my phone's not working. But she is incredible. She hasn't been training that long. My girl is just, when I watched her, I'm like, oh my God, she's actually tearing up the field. They can't catch her. She's gone. Really? And I'm like, this is Hashtag amazing. So if you go to um, BuzzFeed, they actually have a long list of all the like the black competitors that are doing amazingly well in the Winter Olympics and actually are in for a good chance of, of, of a medal. Yeah. And they're from like places like Ethiopia, all over the US, Nigeria, Jamaica, like Britain, like yeah. we've got some as well, like doing really, really well. Love that. Um, there was, there's a young girl who is an ice skater. She's from France, but she's in a couples team. Her and her partner did this routine. She was like, I, sat there, I was like, I love a good ice skating is, routine. Does, it's I amazing. do love a good her ice skating routine. Vanessa James, that's how, that's, that, that is her name. She's beautiful lovely dark skinned girl mm. and her and her partner they just glide across the ice and it kind of brings me back to the 1990s when Soraya Bonnelly was mm. just phenomenal mm -hmm. and it's like France are just literally just cleaning up yeah and really? they're just like knocking they're all black girls there's another one there's two of them and they're they're doing the bits Hashtag the black girl excellence. And I'm just like, you see... Black girl magic. All of these places that want to like talk about immigration we'll and immigration, that how it's bad, bad, bad. But when it comes to sport and things where, it, you know, we excel and we do really well, all of us are, oh yeah, we represent France. And mm. oh, they represent France. or they represent Germany. or they represent... 
It's mm. like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that again, that sinister side of it. But I'm so pleased and really proud that I actually went through that list on BuzzFeed and saw all of these different faces from all over the globe. And they were faces that looked just like you and me. Yeah. And they weren't like, oh yeah, they're, they're okay. They were excellent. excellent. There's no mediocrity there in any of that stuff. Like all the bobsleighing um, thing, people want to make jokes about it. But the reason why Nigeria and Jamaica and all of these other black athletes are actually starting to um, get involved in bobsleigh because a lot of them started off as sprinters. Mm. And with bobsled, you actually need power and speed mm. to push the thing and obviously right, to jump right, into right. it and then to drive it around the track. Right. So a lot of the athletes, they, originally they started off in sprinting. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see more people were like well okay Coming sprinting through. wasn't my thing but i can actually do this stuff here yeah. if all of it takes is my you know my foot power to get the thing moving and jump in there yeah and if you see how them nigerian girls are built they look like sprinters of course, it's all that you see the fires and it's like go. oh my goodness Come no on. seriously they they are built to the hill i'm like yeah I you need to it. be scared and it reminds me of um Chris Rock had a stand-up. His, his new stand-up show, by the way, is really funny. Mm-hmm. But he had one of his other stand-up shows. I can't remember which one it was. But he made a joke about, you know, the minute they warm up an ice hockey rink. Listen, we're going to take that shit as well. <laughs> because he was just talking about how we dominate in all of these sports. And, you know, obviously we don't we didn't domin- don't dominate in winter sports. But he's like, the minute we find a way of getting in there, mm. you're fucked. Because we're going to take it all. We're going to take that shit too. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about. So, guys... Watch the Winter Olympics. There's a lot of representation of black faces in there and it's amazing to watch and they are phenomenal. Oh, I love it. Yeah. On that note, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we out. We We're out. Uh, next week. Yes. Amen. Bye. I know exactly what we should call this show. What? Well, like everything. <laughs>